It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tire Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, you got your power on your house. You got your class predictions 2.0 out. Uh, you're rolling now. Yeah, we and we're rolling now. If anyone's excited for this podcast, the first 10 minutes are going to be real solid because we just did the first 10 minutes before Matthew realized he was not recording anything, and we were just talking into empty air. So... We know what we're going too. to say. The first 10 minutes, we're rocking. Oh, my gosh. I predicted like seven five-stars to LSU, <laughs> and I'm not going to repeat now because I'm just doing it the one time, not going back. Yes, yeah, so anybody... I, I, I got my 2.0 class prediction piece up. I'm sure people are in there yelling about or happy about whatever I said. I did predict a five-star. So if you want to check that out, it's on the Bengal Tiger. Um, a dollar for a year. A dollar to check out the uh, – the 2.0 prediction piece and then get a hat. Matty B, show them the hat. Show them the hat again. You get a hat have it right here. You get a Look one year hat. membership to the Bengal Tiger. You get yeah. access to on three for a year. Amazing. And you get the hat all for a dollar. One dollar. One dollar. Easy um, sign up. Yeah. It is uh not the first time I forgot to hear record and won't be the last time I forgot to hear record. So I'm I'm just glad we didn't get through the whole podcast and then I realized it. I only got through like half of it. Um and then I realized it. So, uh, yeah, this should this should smoothly this time. Uh, let's start with the injury report. As as always, uh, we like to hit on uh, who's who's playing, who's not playing. Um, Armani Goodwin still out, uh, likely for another week or two. They said he's he's actually recovering really well from the hamstring injury. Uh, Seven Banks and Major Burns are both out. Um, sounds like Major's uh, been on in the practice squad, trying to get back for that Alabama game. Seven Banks is kind of still undetermined to a degree. Um, and then the big uh, – Garrett Dellinger also out uh, for this week, which we already knew. The big news is Will Campbell being back from the hospital, and you kind of talked about that uh, when we did our first run, so I'll, I'll throw it to you. Will Campbell being back, did that surprise you? or what, what are you what are you seeing, and how big is that to get him back? Oh, you mute yourself. We are off to a rolling start on today's podcast. Yes, he was. Uh, so he got he got hospitalized. What Friday? Yes. And then he missed a Tennessee game. He didn't get out till Monday. They said all the tests were clear. Uh, he got cleared to return to pra- practice. He practiced on Tuesday. And then Brian Kelly said all week that the expectation is that he's going to play. I think it's massive. Look, you're already starting two true freshmen at offensive tackle. Uh, granted, both of them are very talented, but you're going to take some lumps. That said, Will Campbell's probably been their best O-lineman this year, if not one of the best. And when your blindside guy goes down and you're putting – and your next best option is Anthony Bradford, who is a guard all the way. You lose them. Yeah. You kind of – you lose his physicality as a guard, and now you've kicked him out to tackle where – he, he, it's just a tall task to ask a kid that size and a true guard to be playing on the left side of the, the offensive line and blocking a lot of the guys that yeah. they're going to have to block in the SEC. So 
massive look Dellinger's out that stings they're still gonna have to get by with another mix it up on the o-line which they've done in what what four and two this will be be six six out of seven this will be six Six out of of seven seven games they've played a different offensive line combo that's not a recipe for any sort of success um we'll probably touch on it at some point in the pod but i think the offensive line is the catalyst for a lot of their deficiencies on offense right now and you couldn't have two guys go down that were starting. You needed no. Campbell back. So that was for me, that was massive. Yeah. I mean, if Campbell didn't play, they probably would have had to, like you said, bump Bradford out and then slide Tremont Shorts in probably at guard position. Maybe I'm missing somebody. But at this moment, with Campbell back, so you have Campbell um, and Jones at the tackle spots, you have Turner at center, uh, and you have Bradford and Frazier at your two guard spots. So while it's not, while it is another combination there, it's at least five that I think have started before, or at least all have starting experience uh, throughout this season. So, and I mean, I wrote about it. The offensive line is going to be huge. Um, I mean, both offensive lines are going to kind of determine this game, which I know is cliche to say, but Florida's, Florida's run defense has been really suspect this entire year. You go back to the Utah game, you go back to uh, most of the games this year, Southern Florida or South Florida, rather. I mean, all these teams ran the ball for like five yards to carry on them. And while LSU is not a dynamic running team, I think they're going to have opportunities to get four yards on first down, to convert a third and two with the run game. I mean, just be in different situations to where the run game is going to help them get out of tough spots, which they couldn't do at all against Tennessee. Against Tennessee, they ran the ball for 18 yards with their running backs. And I mean, needless to say, if, if they don't if they don't run the ball for probably a hundred yards this game, I don't really see them winning. Even if Jaden Daniels has a solid outing, which I think I think he could, but you have to run the ball effectively with your running backs in this one. They ran the ball really well in the second half of the Auburn game, and yeah. it essentially kind of helped them close out that game. Let's win see the what they. It certainly helped win them the game. Um, they ran for 207 against Mississippi State. Jaden yeah, a lot of those came in the second half. Uh, in the second half of and the then Armani Goodwin them. had nine for 76 with a long of 50, and he's not playing. Uh, yeah. John Emery held to under three yards of carry in that game. Gosh, it almost feels like, Maddie B, that John Emery is, like, the key. If John Emery can get going, because you don't have Goodwin, if John Emery can go get going, you might be in a good spot. If not... I'm not sure. I love Josh Williams, but he's not going, they're not going to give it to him 15 times again. You know, like one of these guys has to get going, Noah Kane, John Emery, or, uh, or maybe it is a a guy like Josh Williams. I'm just not sure. Yeah. I mean, Josh Williams is always going to be like the fallback option. And that's, I mean, no, that's no disrespect to him. Yeah. That sounds like a disrespect, Matty B. He's uh, well, hell it honestly fallback it, kind of feels like they trust him more than anybody else. yes that that's what that's kind of what i meant in that in that's in that uh fallback type thing it's like hey we know what we're getting from josh williams we're, we're comfortable giving him the ball in certain situations we're comfortable with his pass protection are comfortable with comfortable with him out the backfield so it's like josh williams being on the field isn't a bad thing it's just not like armani goodwin's breakaway run against mississippi state i feel like he's the only real back that can that at this point and Emory and Kane maybe uh, able to em- Emory we saw at Auburn that was an impressive yeah, run to he did yeah that was more of a physical kind of run he's capable of that more than Armani is but I'm just like as far as like a big play type guy Emory is clearly 
the back that you want in that situation. Josh Williams isn't that. So that's maybe where I meant where it's like you take your shots with Emery. Uh, Josh Williams is kind of the safe option there. So that's, that's going to be interesting to me to see how the run game works itself out. But on the other side of the ball, Brian Kelly opened his press conference and was like, hey, man, Florida can run the ball. And he's not lying. I mean, anybody who goes look, looks at the stats, Florida's third in the country in uh, rushing yards per rush at over six yards per attempt. Uh, led by Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne and even Anthony Richardson with over 40 uh, rush attempts this year. So you got plenty of options if you're Florida to run the ball. And it's an LSU defense that allowed five and a half yards per carry against Tennessee. So if I'm Florida, I'm like, hey, I'm going to make you prove that you can stop the run. Last week was just a fluke. Like, I'm going to make you prove that you can do this. So that's why I kind of look at this game like it's going to, probably be ugly at times there are going to be a lot of handoffs and i it's going to come down to lsu's defensive line defensive front and linebackers can can stop the run yeah and we'll see more harold perkins this week we're also gosh on the podcast that no one will ever hear that we recorded for 10 minutes before we realized we weren't recording anything uh we went into a deep discussion about uh maddie b calling trevor etienne by his brother's name travis (laughs) And how impressive that would be to play in the NFL and college at the same time. That's why, the same that's why I had to scrub it. That's why I had to scrub that's, the whole yeah, thing. It, it was <laughs> recording until you realized you were calling him Travis Etienne and then decided that we were going to start the podcast over. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple of Louisiana guys uh, that are going to yes. be running the rock. Um, Trevor had an offer from LSU. Montreal didn't. Uh, obviously, Montreal played at UL and Napier brought him over. Um, but I'm with you. I think that – and then you've got Anthony Richardson who can run it as well. I love how you pointed out the start of the press conference, because I think that's a telling thing for Brian Kelly each week. Like he's got his like notes of like, Hey, I'm here's my opening monologue or whatever the press conference, opening dialogue, whatever comments. And uh, the week prior to Tennessee that week, it was, Hey, if we can't fall behind anymore, if we start slow and we aren't playing crisp, this team will blow us out. It's exactly what happened this week. It was, Florida can run the football, and if we can't stop the run, this is going to be a long day. And I feel like LSU fans who might not have watched a lot of Florida this year just think Anthony Richardson. They think about, you know, a big win over Utah to start the year. His name was getting tossed into Heisman discussions, and it's like, oh, man, this is going to be another Hinden Hooker type. It's funny. I was talking to a Florida beat writer, Matty B, and he was telling me, comparing the, it's the two fan bases and how they kind of react to the quarterbacks right now, LSU fans are like, man, I wish Jaden would have a little, little more patience in the pocket and not just tuck it and run it when he sees some green grass. Florida fans are saying, I wish Anthony wouldn't sit back there so long and try to throw it. When he sees yards, he just needs to run and get it. So a bit of a yin and yang there of what they kind of want out of each quarterback. One fan base wants theirs to have a little more patience. The Florida fan base wants theirs to have less patience, just run the football. Yeah, and that's if you, I mean, Florida, Anthony Richardson passed the ball 14 times against Missouri. Like, literally, the offense is designed for him to not have to throw the ball. In half the games this year, he hasn't even thrown the ball 20 times. Like, this is an offense that if they can move the ball on the ground effectively or even semi effectively, that's what they're going to try to do. And they've been really, really good at it. As I mentioned this year, they've been. Uh, dynamic even within the run game. So they do have some receivers, Justin Shorter um, averaging 23 yards per reception right now uh, with 15 catches. Ricky Pierce all is pretty good receiver as well. They have a couple guys that can make plays, but 
it really just comes down to Johnson, Etienne, and, and Richardson on the ground. So, I mean, to this point, Richardson has seven, has seven picks to five touchdowns. And I think if LSU can get any sort of a lead, which, I mean, obviously would be huge for them because they just never have really jumped out to a lead on anybody. But if they did, and you force Richardson to maybe push the ball down the field a little bit more, I think he's very susceptible to throwing picks. So, I there there's it comes down to LSU's defense stopping the run. I think that's really. Do you think the they can stop the run? I mean, I I did pick I picked LSU to win, and I think I think that they're going to be able to stop the run well enough, well enough. Okay. That that's I've seen. I, I think they're going to add Harold Perkins here's, to, to the box. Um, you have I think while Penn hasn't been great, I I think they're going to try to have three linebackers on the field. Wingo and the defensive line probably had its worst game, worst outing of the season last week. This is, to me, and part of the reason why, I mean, we'll get into it, but our picks are already out on the site. Part of the reason I picked LSU to win is I think this is a bounce-back spot for this defense especially. Like, Florida's offense is nothing like Tennessee's offense, nothing at all. I think this is a spot where they can bounce back. So that that's kind of my hope and my belief at this point. Hope and belief. Brian Kelly warns you about that, Matty B. You're not going to win many games on hope and belief. You need to execute. Um, all right. What's uh, I'm curious. I, I think, look, I, I, we'll, we'll move on from this discussion, but I do think one key thing that we talked about a lot at the start of the season and we could have talked about last week, I just don't think it mattered. They lost 40 to 12 or 13 or whatever, is yeah. they've got to tackle well. When they've tackled well, they've been in games and won the game. When they've not tackled well, they've had to really scratch and claw. So I think this is one game where they've got to be fundamentally sound. If they're out there missing tackles, it is going to be a long day. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. This is – and not for nothing, it's it's a big game because if you lose this game and you have Ole Miss and Bama and Arkansas all coming up, it's going to get ugly real quick. So this is why – a obviously a win over Auburn was, was good, but to lose to Tennessee and now you're here at four and two, but two and one in conference to where if you lose this game, who are you going to beat on the schedule? Like who, if you lose this game, it's not getting any easier. So Florida has its flaws. I mean, obviously you have like Ole Miss and, and Alabama who I think are going to be close to a touchdown favorites. I would guess uh, just without knowing if there's any lines out at this moment, but you have to at least come to play and show that you're capable of winning games like this in the SEC. I know it's on the road, though, which makes it as a different element to it. Sure. 100%. All right. Ready to let's do uh, what we're watching for or we want to do breakout players first. Uh, we can do what we're watching for. It kind of bleeds off of uh, off of that there. Yeah. Try to be unique here. Let's see. I am watching for. And no, you're not listening to week one podcast or week two podcast or three or four or five or six. This is week seven podcast. Actually, let me go real back quickly back to what you were saying. And then I'll say this. This game is a definite swing game. But yes. put it this way. Vegas had it at seven wins, right? Yeah. You will beat UAB. You should beat UAB, right? That's the only non-conference game left. Um, and UAB before the season was talked up as a pretty dangerous team. They've not been great. Bill Clark stepped down as head coach before the season even started. So things have been rough there. They're at four and two. That's on track to seven wins. Let's throw a fifth win in UAB. 
let's say they win this game. Now you're at six wins. Really, you're at five and two, but UAB would be six wins. Yep. Six wins with Ole Miss, Bama, Arkansas, and A&M yeah. Yeah. to win one to get to yeah. seven wins. Just win one. That sounds very doable. realistic. Like, that's doable. As you noted, you lose this one, which you're not favored to win, but if you lose, toss in the UAB, get you five wins. How do you get two more wins between Bama, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Florida? Or, uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and A&M. Suddenly – it sounds like shoo, we gotta split that we gotta go split this makes yeah. it a little bit tougher. So this game, for reasons of if you're worried about the win-loss record and you know, you've gone back to back 500 seasons, you'd like improvement to be shown in year one, even if it is this sort of hodgepodge of a team. Uh, by definition, improvement would mean seven games, which would hit right on the Vegas line of expectations. So Maddie B, if they win this game, suddenly seven wins feels comfortable and you're thinking about eight wins, which nobody was doing a, a few weeks back. So, yes, I'm, I'm with you there. Now, yeah. on to my what I'm watching. I've said this probably every – God, if we went and cut out my, our podcast and then I just played it at the end of what I'm watching every week, it's probably the same thing. They have to start fast. They have to start fast. They went behind on Florida State, tried to come back, missed an extra point. All right scrap it first game jitters whatever state they go behind 13 nothing auburn they go down 17 nothing tennessee they go down 20 to nothing like that's absolutely inexcusable that is pitiful 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 out of the gates execution football and we've done at times where we've done a deeper dive into kind of the scripted plays and really went across the first quarter they've looked like not bad plays, not on Denbrock. They can't yeah. execute for anything. And the O-line's not any good. Will Campbell getting back is going to help that. But they have to find a way to get some points early in this game. They can, in the, in the swamp at night, which is their bit, and this is their biggest recruiting weekend of the year. This is going to be one of the most packed they've been all year in terms of just stadium selling out. They jump on you 13 nothing, 14 nothing it's probably over. Like you're not crawling back from that again in the swamp. So, or it's very tough to do. I should say the, that the whole narrative has to end the rhetoric or whatever you want to say, the storyline, the reality has to end. They cannot keep going through the first 20 minutes of a game and do yeah. nothing. So for me, it's starting fast, not, not even starting fast, starting do something. I don't need you to be winning 20 to nothing after the first 20 minutes. I just like to see you score some points in the first seven to seven, like seven to 10, 10 to seven, something, something where it's not, you're not down touchdowns. Well, and, and, and Auburn, I'd have to look at the state box score. I don't, I don't really care. It's not important to what I'm about to say. Auburn and Tennessee scored within seconds of yes. the game starting basically. So that's can't do that again. Come on, it's it's one of those come on man moments of you gotta be better than that. It just cannot continue on. Yeah. Um I have one thing to watch, but I also have a big player and they kind of overlap. So I'm gonna do both two and one here and completely kill this get segment. But uh give me Joe Fouché as safety. Uh, coming back, I think he's gonna be really really uh important 
and impactful because last week they they mentioned it. They felt like Joe Rick Bernard Converse was the best. Uh, Brian Kelly mentioned it in his Thursday press conference. He said that Bernard was the right player at safety against Tennessee because they spread you out and it's a lot more coverage based. Yada yada. Joe Fouché is obviously a playmaker that can step in the box, can make plays in the backfield, can get off blocks as well, and can um, kind of fill in the run game a lot better. So I expect him to have five, six, seven tackles this game, which I think it would be huge. And it would also just be good to see him back. I mean, if you want, go back and watch his Arkansas tape, he's in the box a lot. He makes a lot of tackles. He's an exciting player. He's kind of like Greg Brooks, but the state, but a different version of Greg Brooks, obviously. So I think Joe Fusha has a good game and he's, the secondary and that safety tandem is kind of what I'm looking to watch for and how they play Brooks and Fusha. So that was two and one right there. Okay. I'll go player to watch. It's kind of hard. We've done a lot of oh, players. Man. I mean, it's, it's, I almost did Harold it's tough to do. A, I mean, I don't mind that. It's tough to do a running back because I feel like I don't know which one of them. They all kind of split carries. And, yeah. I don't want to do Jaden. I've done him a lot. I've done Kayshawn, and I told myself I wasn't picking Kayshawn again until he broke out. Now, if he has a huge game, that could swing this. Um, could this be like a Jaray Jenkins bounce back game? I feel like we've forgotten oh. about him since his start to the year, and I, I was looking at player props. I mean, not because I'm a degenerate gambler, but I like seeing what Vegas thinks. Um, and I saw anytime touchdown for Jaray Jenkins at like plus – 400 or plus three and he scored three like times last year against florida it just got overshadowed by tyron davis price breaking the single game rushing record yes in the same game yes so god good maddie b nice call jerry's a, a nice option here i'm gonna go look at what it was exactly. oh man you ready i don't think you're ready for this my player it? to watch is it I think it's Ramos at kicker. I think this game is going to be okay. a low-scoring game. I think yep. this game is going to require a couple field goals from both teams. The spread sits at three and a half, something like that. You know, so basically half, neutral, three, field, yeah, like neutral field, they're about even. A field goal swings those type of games, and yeah, we we saw Cade York has gone into the swamp before and had to kick. They will not be kicking any 57-yarders, uh, I don't believe, in the like fog. Uh, York would in the fog. Um, but I could see this game, both teams needing some field goals to win this game. And I also think that Brian Kelly is not going to point chase like he did against Tennessee, which would I mean agree. Ramos might get a couple yep. opportunities. So I'm going Ramos. That's a good pick. Yeah, that kind of lines up with um... – if y'all read the final lines, I said I think I like the under 50 and a half. It wasn't my pick of the week, but uh, when I got up to 52 and a half, I was like, yeah, that's under all day. But now it's at 50, and I'm like, eh, it's all right. Uh, for those wondering, um, Dre Jenkins is plus 230. This is on FanDuel. Plus 230 to score a touchdown, and Mason Taylor's at plus 290, who I think Mason Taylor could have a couple plays, um, even though they're not featuring him as much. I think him at 290 is interesting. Um is there anybody else here? I feel like we touched on him. I think Harold gets seeing him on the field a lot more, kind of like Joe is going to be there. And I think he could make a couple game changing plays, which we saw against Mississippi State. Uh, I mentioned Jeray Jenkins. Those would be my other two in uh, consideration as well. All right. We got predictions. What did we write? 
our stories. Our whole board is picking Florida. Spoiler alert, me and Billy predicted Florida to win narrowly, very narrowly. Um, Our whole board picked – well, this is – we have to give credit to our, our very, very smart subscribers. Last week, the majority picked Tennessee. We all picked uh, – as a staff, picked LSU. Obviously, the board was right. Um, this week, you know, Billy picked Florida. I picked LSU. Um, most of our board looks like it's trending towards uh, Florida at this moment. So – We'll see if the board can get this one right as well, or if I'll be on the island of being correct. Okay, so I went 23-20 Florida, and I think, which I've already talked about, I just said for me, if LSU can run the football, then I think they can pull the upset. If they can't, I don't think they're going to win. Uh, Billy said Florida 20-13. to He's got Florida covering there um, pretty handily. Yeah, he loves low-scoring predictions. Billy does. Uh Let's see. Yeah. Yep. And then Tennessee you went, one. you went 27, 23. Explain yes, yourself, Matty B for the Tigers. I should say you're predicting yeah, LSU to win for the Tigers. I think, like I said, I think the defense bounces back. I think the defense has a solid outing uh, against Florida's run game, maybe making Anthony Richardson throw a couple more times than they want. And I wrote uh, this was like the last sentence in this write up was I think Jaden Daniel. Well, I know Jaden Daniel is the better quarterback in my opinion, and with that being said, I think he makes a couple plays with his arm. I think he'll be used in the run game plenty, but I think he makes a couple plays with his arm that can help them get the job done here. Maybe get him in field range for a couple field goals. Maybe convert a third and eleven um, to Malik or Kayshawn and. I wrote at the very end, May. Who knows? Maybe we get a Kayshawn Boutte breakout game. Whenever that game happens, if it happens, that will be most likely most likely an LSU win. So I think there's a shot at that too. So give me give me LSU to win this one. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's see. Okay. I even see some Kayshawn Butte expectations in your... Uh... In your prediction, Matty B. It, it wasn't expectation. It was more of just like, hey, man, what if he like shows up? What if this is what if this is the game where he Well, puts if it, it if it is, if they can run the football and Kayshawn is Kayshawn, they have a very good shot of winning this game. Gotta play some defense and it's also in a tough environment, but I don't think Florida is not as formidable an opponent. Like I don't think they're so far away from where LSU. I think they have a better I don't think they're that far off. I think Florida's a little better than LSU. But, and, I, and I think it's because LSU, yes, both coaching staffs are new, but LSU, Florida's program wasn't quite in the disarray that LSU's was. Um, they weren't recruiting to the normal Florida standard, but they still got guys. So, yeah, I'd say Florida's a little bit better team than LSU, but I don't think it's all that far off. I don't think either of these teams are what you think LSU and Florida are when you think of them as football teams. I have no idea. I mean, I, I wrote this in the final lines. I was like, I'm staying away from the spread. I'm not touching anything as far as the side goes because nothing would surprise me. 
at all. Like literally, I think an LSU blowout or a Florida blowout, n- nothing would surprise me. I don't think as far as score wise goes. Like I'm very much locked into this being two teams that are trying to build a foundation, build a program, build a culture, build a roster. And with that being the case, you're going to have ups and downs and ups and downs. And this could be a game where LSU's up and Florida's down. It could be the opposite. I have no real bona fide expectations for this game. You know, it's funny as we close out here, we went the whole podcast without talking about Brian Kelly and Billy Napier, which God, I wonder if this is going to just be on the TV broadcast for everyone that has to listen is just going to be some narrative about like LSU had a job opening and didn't hire Billy Napier and Billy Napier went to Florida and they hired Brian Kelly. We'll have to see how much we're getting to that. But Makai Garner, who's been LSU's best cornerback this year, in my opinion, yeah. um, I agree. Talked yeah, he is. and he went to UL and he played for Billy Napier and he talked this week to the media and he was like, look, I owe Billy so much or, you know, you didn't call him Billy coach, coach or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Napier, you know, everything. I was a Juco kid. He brought me in, um, gave me a shot. And if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have been able to then transfer to LSU. And they asked him, they're like, well, did he want you to go with him to Florida? He said, it really wouldn't have mattered. I'm not going to Florida when LSU is offering me like that's, that's where I want to be. So, uh, yeah. uh, root for Makai Garner a little bit extra hard this weekend, LSU fans. He said that he didn't understand why anyone would want to play at Florida over LSU. Uh, but Garner was asked about, having played for Napier and what it's like now playing for Kelly and Garner almost without hesitation said, he thinks they're like the same person. He was like all, they care way more about the foundation, the players, how you act, how you carry yourself, how you go about planning and preparing and all of that more than he, they do like, Hey, we're just drilling you on X's and O's and that's all we care about. And I think that we're seeing, like he talked about coming from JUCO to UL when Napier kind of already instilled the culture a bit. So he was yeah. there for kind of it, the payoff years, but he said he can tell with Kelly that Kelly is laying this foundation here at LSU where it's a lot more important for Kelly of, like he said, learning new habits. He said, our guys are still learning habits, man, and, and breaking them with bad ones. And Garner said he can really tell that a lot of, kind of how Napier attacked early on at UL about just like building the foundation going up from there is what Kelly's doing now. And um, you can tell he had a lot of respect for both coaches. So he was excited for this one. Kyron Lacey is another guy who obviously played for uh, both player, you know, both coaches at UL and now being at LSU. So a lot of UL transfers. Uh, yeah. And, and then obviously Florida's got some UL transfers on their team. So Cyrus, Osiris Torrance, uh, Montreal Montreal Johnson. Johnson. We talked about both of them as well so all right the storylines right th- right itself whoever wins this game is the right hire whoever loses it is the wrong hire so that's pretty much how it Jesus. goes right yeah 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 oh my god it'll be nauseating on the board if lsu loses and i have to oh. and we have to hear a, a bunch of that look i love billy napier i've always been a fan he's been he did great things at ul he was a great assistant yes yeah. i think he's gonna have success at florida um but i also said it many times before I can completely understand why Scott Woodward hired someone who's been coaching for 30 something years and has the skins on the wall. So this, uh, Hey, look, we will have no shortage of Brian Kelly versus Billy Napier because they play every single season. Yes. Yes. they. Do. This is just round one, my friend. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. I think that's all we have. I think that covers everything pretty much. Uh, Florida's run game. 
Let's see one game. I mean, special teams wise, everybody talks about special teams, but Brian Kelly feels like at this point he got asked Nothing about it yesterday. Nothing to say, man. At, at this point yesterday when he got asked about, it, he was like, "Look, it was one play to start the game. The Jack Besh." Um, fumble like or muffed muffed kickoff like there's nothing we can do about it like this I'm putting words in his mouth he's like this it was one play the punt return was probably much was obviously much worse as far as a coaching thing goes but that was out kicked out punted our coverage so he was just kind of tired of it but hey you're gonna get asked about it until hey LSU fans are kind of tired of it because it was four first half penalties on special teams versus Auburn it was yep. missing the extra point to lose it against yep. Florida State it's yeah it's every yeah. week is something. If they play, I will be the first person to scream from the mountaintops. Good job, Brian Pullen and special teams. If they can get through air free this weekend. Hey, my man to watch is a kicker. Don't yes. say I'm not. I'm not bailing on special teams. I'm predicting them to decide the game, my friend. Jack Besh punt return for thir- for thirty yards. Book it. One's coming this week. Random prediction. That's one of those random predictions you just throw out there, and then if yeah. it happens, you clip it, and you're like, "See, I called it." That's that's no what doubt. I just did. So. Well, I like there how you, you also said Jack Bash punt return, and everyone is like, "Yeah, for seven, and you're like for thirty yards." <laughs> thirty yards. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it, it was returned for fifty, and then holding call pulled yeah. it back for thirty yards. Oh, so. that's so painful and true. <laughs> It was a turn for a touchdown, but at the spot of the foul, it was 30 yards, and so we have to go from there. If you're so. watching, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm getting a migraine thinking about the reality of what you just laid out. Uh, well, it is a road game, Shay, so we will be able to watch it here and uh, do a podcast uh, probably right after it at some point. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll do it. We'll do one after, so everyone can check back that night. It'll be late. Well, it's a six o'clock kick in Baton Rouge, but uh, we'll hop on after. Yeah, hop on like <clears> 10, do a little podcast. 30. Get it, get it in, get it done, get it out for y'all. But we appreciate y'all for joining us. We appreciate y'all for subscribing to the channel, for leaving a like, uh, sending it to a friend, and leaving a comment. Uh, as we mentioned before, a dollar for the first year uh, on the board. Uh, we we have mailbags, uh, Mailbag Monday podcast where only subscribers can send in questions. We have our predictions up. We have final lines up where we've won four straight weeks, trying to make it five. I'm not going to give out that play here, but if y'all want my um, – betting pick of the week go check that out all the recruiting stuff all of shay's um five stars that he has committing to lsu in the class prediction piece 2.0 um but yeah for all that check out the bengal tire we appreciate y'all for joining us and we will talk to y'all later with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.